Ah, see, Chico, we're going to be talking about the baseball this week. We're talking about the... Are you talking about the baseball, see? Ah, see? Mike, we're going to be see? talking about the baseball. We're talking about baseball. We're talking about stickball. Stickball, we're about, eh? We're talking about the stickball, eh? Yeah. 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 We're going to talk about some of the best baseball players of all time. Ah. We're about the best baseball of all time. Talk about the best baseball players of all time together on one stage. Yeah. 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 Let's play the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... The dregs of humanity! This is Andres Jimenez, Wonder Lindor trade for the Guardians. Do, 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 do. By the way, did we mention that Nora Arenado became the fifth player to hit for the cycle while we were recording this? Martin Maldonado? Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's not. Well, that's like fifth this season. Or okay. Fifth? <laughs> okay. When yeah, Mike, fifth. hold on. Before we interrupted, when Mike was doing the, dude, I was gonna say, this is the look inside the insane mind of Michael Claus, a man who believes that the Cleveland Guardians won the Francisco Lindor trade, which was complete nonsense, since he had already conceded to me that I had won. And I have audio proof of him saying it. No take backs. Oh, no take backs. Okay. No take backs. You admitted you lost. So no take backs. Bob, 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 Bob. Call back from the previous episode. You just wait till Lindor breaks everything in his body. Then who wins the trade? Yeah. Okay. You keep saying that to yourself, but. Thirty million dollars for a paperweight. Yeah, how do you feel? If you still had him, you'd be saying, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" Please, don't give me that crap. Episode two eighty six, submission eleven ninety four, the first annual Cracker Jack Old Timers Classic. The first annual Cracker Jack Old Timers Classic took place in nineteen eighty two. RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C., and it aired on ESPN. Okay, but seriously, guys, the legendary players of the sport of baseball I mean, come on. Some of the old-time greats of the game, we pay tribute to them. Like, around this time each year at the All-Star Game, you sometimes have your Hall of Famers come out in the pregame ceremonies, and that's fantastic. And, you know, one great thing about baseball, like back in the day, you don't see this much anymore, but they would have old-timers day games. Yeah, I think the Yankees were the first one to ever have an old-timers game, at least according to uh, baseball.fandom.com. Uh, well, actually, they just explained that 
It's the New York Yankees did start the tradition on July fourth, nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, I believe least... that was for uh, Lou Gehrig because when he, that was when he did the famous speech. Don't the Yankees still do an old timers game every now and then? I thought they yes. had one in the last couple of years. Yeah, they yeah. still they still have an old timers day game. They were in fact the only team to still have an old timers day game. Until this year, because the Mets are now going to have an old-timers day game this year. That's actually one of the things Steve Cohen, when he bought the team last year, was going to bring back. He's like, you know what? I'm going to have my own old-timers day game. With blackjack and hookers. And you know what? Considering it's the Mets, for all we know, some of the 86 Mets might just have that. Who knows? Who knows indeed. Well, we're not here to talk about. Sorry, sorry, Pat Mike. I'm sorry. I'm setting a little tear when you're talking about the 1986 Mets being old timers. Oh yeah. Well, hey. Well, I know they're, they're they're in their 60s now, probably, but still, that doesn't make me feel young. No, but hey, he's still Keith Hernandez. Oh yes, I am Keith Hernandez. That's right. Getting that just for men. Moolah. No play for Mr. Gray. Nope. (laughs) Thanks, Clyde. Okay. But seriously, old timers day games. Fun to see the old legends of the sport come back for one night and play the legendary sport for a couple innings just to see him come up to bat. It's great. It is. And in 1982, the good folks at Cracker Jack decided, you know what? Let's have a special old-timers day game in the nation's capital and have some of the all-time legends of baseball at RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C., play against each other in like an all-star game style showdown between the American Mm -hmm. and national leagues. And this was basically the brainchild of former Atlanta Braves vice president, Dick Cecil, who wanted to see said retired players come back to play one more game, not just, you know, be a part of some sort of pre-game or mid-game sort of salute to those that came before. No. He wanted to see them play again. I guess the question I was left with is, can they even still play? Well, I guess we're going to find this out because we're going to watch this broadcast just like we did the uh, the MLB versus Celebrities game way back in, uh, in the archives, back in what what episode number was that? Like 208, 20, something like that? Something like that. I'm on the case. But also, I think nowadays, given the regimens that the current athletes do, I think this generation's old-timers would do a lot better than the previous generation's old-timers. Just my opinion. And we can't forget uh, some of the some of the names on the starting lineup was incredibly stacked. Hank Aaron, Lou Brock, Burt Campanaris, Joe DiMaggio, Bob Feller, Ralph Kiter, Johnny Mize, Dan Musial, 
Don Newcomb, Enos Slaughter, early win. And then there was a moment that was just seminal in this game. But I'm getting ahead of myself. And before we get started, just uh, to put some closure on the MLB versus Celebrity softball game. That was episode 204. It doesn't seem like it was that recent. October of last year. Seems like oh, it was a lot longer ago than that. It was our World Series special that year, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, our postseason special, yeah. Okay, so let's watch this. I should note we have a three-man booth for this. We got two absolute legends. We got Red Barber, legendary former announcer for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Jack Brickhouse, legendary former Chicago Cubs announcer, but also the third man in the booth, not really a baseball guy, but we have talked about him in the past, Sam Rosen, who we talked about in the BCS on Fox, and of course, legendary longtime play-by-play NHL announcer for the New York Rangers. So, yeah, this is going to be a very special episode. So let's get going. Let's watch this together. Let's play ball. Yeah. And welcome back to RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C. for this first Hall of Fame All-Star Old-Timers Classic. It really looks like a great one. Oh, yeah, it's raining in D.C. too. They're all holding umbrellas. Well, actually, two of them are holding umbrellas. Oh, yeah, they're just, hold, they're just holding it over Sam. Sam's just bumming. By the way, special shout-out to I'm a sports file. Oh. Yeah, hey, Ernie Banks. Hey, I got a question, Chico. Where's the dip? Get it? arrange to get their salaries what they'd be worth these days he got it settle the national debt in 20 minutes no problem there how about seeing guys like henry aaron and ernie banks swing that bat again red old tiny baseball guard they didn't have any time for a photograph they did painting they did matt paintings yeah oh johnny vandermeer the only person to ever throw back-to-back no hitters but one of the ball players that means so much to me that's here tonight it's Pee Wee Reese. I, I think it's a shame he's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, this guy. We've got a couple of guys. Old Brooklyn, Brooklyn baseball in the house. That's right. Thanks, Sam. I have to be honest with you. We've had about a 20. Oh, George Grandy. And then the big deluge came, all told about two hours of rain delay. And while this was going on, I went into the American League dugout, had a chance to talk with some of these all-stars and Hall of Famers. They're still ready to play baseball. It's going to be an exciting day. The likes of DiMaggio and the rest are here, and we're set to take a look at some great old-time baseball. Let's go over to third base in Lou Palmer. George, the story is similar on the National League side. They want to play this game George Bronte looks like Stars. Perhaps a guy who typifies the spirit of baseball more than anybody else is Ernie Banks, the great player, the great shortstop first baseman of the Chicago Cubs. In spite of all of the rain, Ernie says, hey, let's play too. That's been his hallmark from low these many years. Now let's go back upstairs to Sam Rosen. Okay, Lou, go in out of the rain, get in the dugout. We'll be back to you in a little while. We'll be set to go with the opening ceremonies for this old-timers baseball classic in just a moment. That could have let a little thing like rain stop the these rain guys. They want to play ball. Stadium, yeah. Just about set to go. The grounds crew cleaning off the field, getting things set. We're getting ready for the opening ceremonies. The 
can't help but think that the uh, field is a little too long for baseball. Yeah. I mean, Cynthia was... Oh, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. James Brady. The first ball. He's going to throw out the first ball. Now, remember, James Brady was um, Ronald Reagan's press secretary who was um, shot the year before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Hinckley shooting, yeah. Yep. And he's and getting course, a stand, standing ovation from this crowd here at RFK. And, of course, he's in a wheelchair, but, but otherwise, not worth the wear. Thumbs up. Yeah. Good job. It was a strike. Good job. Down the middle by James Brady. Just great to see James Brady here at RFK Stadium with a marvelous crowd saluting him and the fans having a great time too. Oh, this crowd, they're not doing a good job here. It's a little pitchy dog. No, this is not good at all. One, two, three, seven. Okay, in their defense, at this time, Washington did not have a baseball team. I get that. Just in their defense. I understand. Yep. And also, where's the dip? Oh. Old silent film. And the crowd goes wild. You're... B-roll. All right, we're back at our nation's capital. Um, what looks to be the home field for the Washington Redskins. Yes, OFK. Yeah, RFK was the home of the team now known as the Washington Commanders at this time. And also, this was the home of the Washington Senators. And also the home of the Washington Nationals, their first three seasons in the uh, in the National League in Washington after they moved to Montreal. Oh, Bobby Avila, Mike. Oh, Luke Appling. Now remember this for later. Remember this. 75-year-old Luke Appling. Oh, Brooks Robinson, the legendary Baltimore Oriole. The mad dash in the 46 series for the Cardinals against the Red Sox. Al Kaline. He would have been that old at this point, I don't know. No, think. no. He was the youngest batting champion ever been. Harmon Killebrew. Oh. The killer. That's right. Could he hit him out in any field? Behind the plate, a young guy, Bill Freehand of the Detroit Tigers. A wonderful, wonderful receiver and a dangerous hitter. 
And a 300 game winner out on the mound. Early win. 300 wins exactly. ERA of 3.54. Nowadays, that would be meh. He knocked down his son in batting practice. Bro. And they're just, they're just throwing it. They're just getting, they're just getting hot right now. And first up to bat here. Oh, Pee Wee Reese. Yeah. And he did get in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's good. Yeah, of course he's yeah, in the Hall of Fame. That. Yeah, he wasn't in 82 at the time of this game. Still working with Louisville Sluggers. Yes, he lives out in the. Batted 309 and 54, a 16 year career high. How often do you see a pitcher with glasses on? You do not. You see it a little bit nowadays, not many. Yeah, that's a that's a foul. Okay. One two pitch coming. Yeah, going back to the glasses, I think the last player I can think of, the last pitcher, maybe Tyler Clifford when he was with the Nationals and, uh, and the Cleveland team a couple years ago. He wore glasses. I know that as far as Bill Skiff was concerned, who scouted the Dodgers for the Yankees. He walked. More like a stroll to first base, not more than a walk. Taking his time with it. Okay, five inning games they have mentioned. Yeah, so this is going to be a short game. And Phil Cavaretta is at bat. Phil Cavaretta played first base for the Chicago Cubs before he finished high school. And in his first game, hit a home run to win it. Early win, throwing it by Phil. And that's oh, that a nice ball one. just died. You can well, tell like how wet the turf is because if you, if I, I'm gonna rewind it here. Hold on a second. Okay, watch. I'm watching. Did you see it splash? It splashed and then it just stopped. It just died. And he just tried to throw it to Appling round his back and just did not happen. Oh, stand the man. Stand the man, usual. Oh, oh, he just walloped it. Oh, and it died in right field. But incredible smack that was. Incredible. Oh, 20, 24 all star teams.
He hit six all-star game home runs. He had a lifetime 331 batting average, hitting over 330 13 times, winning six National League batting titles. Oh. Hammer and, and Hank. Check this. Here comes the pride of Atlanta. And Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. But I don't think they have a road named after him in Milwaukee, though. Oh. Oh, that went far. It'll be a single. Got to tread lightly. They're playing on the grass. Have the dirt cut out. Okay, so it's grass. And the bases are a Let's also remember Hank Aaron at that point. He would retired only about six years earlier. He played to like 75 or 76. His last oh, yeah. year would have been with uh, the, the, the uh, Brewers in 76. So he's sort of an old timer. Sort of. I think he would have been elected to the Hall of Fame this year in 82. So. Because five-year retirement rule. I would think that Ernie Banks uh, is probably the most joyous ball player, certainly uh, audibly so. He was always talking up, let's play two today. Today's a wonderful day to play a game, let's play two. And maybe the other most joyous player who ever played the, the game was um, Willie Mays. Willie was uh, slated to be here, but uh, I'm told that he injured himself in an old-timers game in San Francisco. Yes, I understand. A week ago, Sam. There you go. Early win. Willie Mays oh. wanted to be here, but oh. got injured. Foul ball. Oh, another foul ball for Ernie Banks. Nobody out for the National League. Top half of the first inning. National League with a run in and the bases loaded. And Banks. Oh. Is that gonna? Oh, that's gonna Is stay. Nope. Just gonna and die on the track, and that should get a run in. No. Yep. No, he's got to go back. He thought about it. Though. Oh, K-Line, what an arm. Look at that. K-Line, he's milking this. He's up in that. He's up in the center field, loving it. He broke into the major leagues in 1953 with no minor league experience and went on to play 22 seasons with the Detroit Tigers. In 1974, in his final season, he reached... All right, look at all these X's to make up 3,000. Mm-hmm. You didn't okay. have a you didn't have a video board back then. You had to make up three thousand on your own. This yeah, was I mean, ASCII that was before ASCII. back in the day. Yeah, this was ASCII before ASCII. Yeah, basically. The coveted three thousand hit mark, ending his career with three thousand seven hits. Now up to plate, Ralph Kiner. Oh, Ralph Kiner. I think would have been brought. Casting, I don't know if Tim McCorver had uh, started with the Mets yet in '82. I don't think so. I think Tim McCarver would have had another couple of years before he did. Maybe '83, because I, I know he's definitely there in '84. Yeah. But kind of didn't need that help. Oh, unforced error there. Five-five-three double play. Very nice. And that's going to retire the side. Yep. Uh, Brooks, he bobbled the ball, but he was able to recover. Get to the bag. Throw it to first. Still alert. So the National League gets a run on three hits. 
But now it's the Americans' the turn. Of the Warren Fun, could you consider the greatest all-around ball player you have ever seen play today? Well, I have to say the great, you know, it goes into different categories. And Darren, I think the greatest hitter I ever saw was Ted Williams. Uh, Willie Mays and a whole bunch of other people were all-around players. And I played with Hank Aaron, you know, great ball player. Oh, waterfall. Oh, there's the White House. Bet you Ronald Reagan's watching this game going. What do you think he's saying, Chico? Well, I have to say, it is good to have the greatest Americans play the greatest American pastime here in the American capital. Have a jelly bean. I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to do his own play-by-play because he did that back in the day, albeit football. Yeah. Yep. Pee Wee Reese, Ernie Banks at the field. Stan Musial on the left. We got Hank in center. And Ralph in right. Oh, hold on. Ron Spahn's pitching and up. Luke Appling, okay. All right, pay attention, people. Oh, my goodness. And it, it's ball is gone. The 75-year-old man inducted to the Hall of Fame in 64 just went deep. They shook the umpire's hand. You can, you can tell everybody's getting into this. Yes. American League, National League, the umpires, the They're crowd. all loving it. Look at They're all up in here Look at it. I never thought I'd see a 70-year-old, 5-year-old man do a home run trot. But, hey. Luke Appling. Luke Appling, 75 years of age, and Luke, you put some wood to that one. Not necessarily short left field fan. I'm usually a right field hitter. It is a short left but, field. Spani says, uh, don't let me throw too many pitches. And I said, well, lay it in there. He did. <laughs> You've had some great moments. This one of the greatest players. Yeah, I enjoy being here with these good boys. You know, you don't see them all. See a few going around old time, but never all of them together like it is here. This is wonderful. That's Luke Appling, a batting coach in the Atlanta Braves organization. He put it to good work tonight with a home run. Wait till the boys see he that. He coached his own run. damn self. I'm telling the 400 feet. Oh, what a moment. Okay. We still got like an hour and change to go here, so. That was a good Indians team. Yeah, unfortunately, they ran into uh, that famous catch by Willie Mays. Oh, oh. single through the left side. I guess they, I guess they took the hit. It's like you want to get it out, hit it to left. Fifty-five, rather, with a three forty batting average. 
Great start with the Detroit Tigers. Career batting average of 297. Oh, in the dirt. Little short. Al is 48 years old. A Hall of Famer. 2-0 on Al Kaline. Warren Spahn. Big, a big, big getting Homer like that is gone to his head, though. Fred, this guy was just great. 22 years, roamed right field for the Tigers. Oh, says what I know. And could do it all. Sam, he was a born ball player. He never played in the minor leagues. Uh, he just came to the major leagues, and his second year up, he won the batting championship. In fact, he started so fast, so young, that uh, the Detroit fans were a little disappointed as the years went on, and he, uh, you know, didn't uh, go even higher. K-Line hits it to short. Reese jumps oh. it, but gets one at second. One. Oh, just the one. Wasn't fast enough. Is Willie McCovey at first? Oh, Willie McCovey, legendary San Francisco Giant. Tough to play on the grass, Red. And he has his own cove named after him at uh, Oracle Park, where they uh, have that right field uh, river where all the boats are parked. A ground ball. Harvin Killebrew. Banks. Oh. Oh. oh, didn't get him. The umpire at second base, Al Barlick, making the call, calling Al Kaline safe. The killer oh, still gets the body into it. Got a nice chip on that one. Powerful man. Was it Harmon Killerbrew on Home Run Derby? He had to have been. I mean, a lot of these players had to have been. Yeah. Since we're talking like 60-61, yeah. Yeah, Hank Aaron definitely was. Hank I think Aaron definitely was, yeah. He won the most games on Homer and Derby, I think. He won like five or six. I remember so many. He was very uh, difficult for the Brooklyn Dodgers when I was uh, over there at Ebbets Field for 15 years. Uh, he, was, he was great. Uh, that was a great uh, That's a show we should do like a not we should do like a live watch of one episode of Home Run Derby. And a good crowd. It was heavy rain. Oh, right down the middle. Game time and a strike from Spahn. It's two and two. Mickey working as a All right, I got a list of the players that were on Home Run Derby, the ones that are participating in this game. Okay. Mickey Aaron, Ernie Banks, Al Kaline, Harmon Killebrew. Smokey's got a tough job behind the plate. And that's it, actually. Okay. Well, that's like what four or five people. That's good. That's good. I should add Willie Mays because Willie Mays is that asterisk he got injured. He, he was supposed to be in it and got injured. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So but, legitimately five or six players. Yeah. I moved to first base. I guess I got smart. Down the first base line. Oh. A foul. Oh, the up just slipped. <laughs> the the field is still wet apparently. <laughs> the ump fell flat on his ass. Well, we're going to watch a replay. What? 
You're going to really do that to him, ESPN? McCovey made the play, but Hunticic was calling it foul all the way. Three and two on Mickey Vernon. Well, Chico, this is 1982. If this was ESPN, they'd play that freaking clip like 95,000 times where everyone got sick of it. We're talking about the Senators playing in Washington. Yes. When he was playing for Bucky, he said he used to sit in the dugout when batting practice and I just watched this level swing. Oh, my. This is. Yeah. 6-4-3. So we're done after one. And it is a tie ball game. Tie ball game. Oh, there's Abe Lincoln. No one's discovered the treasure inside his head yet. It'll be like another 12 years before Ren and Stimpy discover the treasure in his head, which is caramel corn. Banks, first, I've got a question. You were one of the greatest. Keep my legs strong. You know that caramel corn's to, uh, been salty all this time, so you know Chico likes to see salt. A lot of guys like yourself who played with the Cubs, a star for many, many years. You got one question to say to Ernie, okay? What were your thoughts about being with the Cubs all those years? Where's the dip? Because apparently, Chico, if you say where's the dip, that makes you buddies with Ernie Banks. There's a lot of players who didn't play in World Series, but I enjoyed playing at Wrigley Field. I bet you do, Ernie Banks. What are the thoughts of Ernie Banks? Well, I, I just missed the game very, very much. Uh, it is a big business today, and the players are just a recipient of that, and it's a lot of fun still to the players, and I enjoy being around them. How about that old Banks philosophy about it's only money? It's only money. That's all it is. And I know that all the players enjoy playing the game. And money can't. It can buy a house. Yep. Can't buy a Everybody home. enjoys playing the game, but you know it's better than playing the game. Getting paid copious amounts of money for playing the game. Just ask Aaron. James. Okay, Jim. Luke Kaplan's had his home run, so they put Jim Fergosi in it. His position at shortstop. Oh! Whitey Ford is now pitching for the American League. Make sure you don't have any pretzels. I was just about to say that. The greatest episode of The Simpsons. The pretzels episode. Uh, Brooks Robinson, the P5. And got it. Red Shendis is heading back to the dugouts. Casey, when Casey was the manager, he used to, he used to spot him. Sometimes give him five, six days of rest to save him. And once again, Jim Fergosi for the American League. Smokey Burgess in against Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford still has an arm on him, I should say. Yeah. Like everybody's getting, it's like everybody's getting their land back all of a sudden. 
Oh, okay. He was able to recover it. Wrote to first or three. Still top of the second. Still tied. Oh, two. Whitey's one pitch away from throwing a one, two, three second. Oh, right there down, it is. right down the middle. Old-timey chase music. And another Nickelodeon reel. And by Nickelodeon, I mean movies for Nickel, not the cable network. Duh. Yeah, Nickelodeon this time would probably be airing Pinwheel or something. Yeah. It was like eight hours of Pinwheel a day, yeah. Yeah, it was basically one-third of your... Not even one-third, because wasn't Nickelodeon like 12, 13 hours or back then? Nickelodeon programmed uh, 12 hours, or 13 hours. And then it was turned over to what was arts, and then it became the arts and entertainment and it is now a You know, it's funny. My cable system, even when Nick at Night started, they still did that crap where it became a and until, like, 1990. Yeah. For some reason, my cable system kept doing that, even when Nick at Night started. You have no idea how pissed I was when it was 8 o'clock and they would air freaking A&E. Because I couldn't get to watch Nick at Night. You wanted to see the Patty Duke show. I, I wanted to watch the Patty Duke show. I don't want to watch A&E. Oh! oh! Hank, what are you doing? The lights are bright at RFK. Let's like, be fair. Let's be fair. Hank has never played at RFK when he was a player. So he's not used to this. He had the distance. He knew where the ball was going. Just couldn't get a hold of it. No. In there. Now, no, Robert Roberts, former Philadelphia Philly. Not the, not the uh, basketball legend and anchor of, of GMA, no. Oh, rips that. Okay, we got first and second here for the AL. Big Bill Cran. Big Bad Bill. Trying to do some damage here. You know what I'd do if I was Big Bad Bill? You know what I'd do? To intimidate Robin Roberts on the mound? This is what I'd do. <laughs> oh! 
You couldn't see it, but I was doing the Incredible Hulk pose from the previous episode. And don't oh, make Big Bill angry. Oh, it's foul. Yeah, it pushed foul. We like could have had it. Oh, that is a short foul, Paul. Very short. Check that out. Hold he got it just a bit, just a little bit. Just a little bit. He did a lot of work over there for the Tigers. He caught. Like, okay, run it back. back. Let's do this. Another swing. Oh, never foul ball. Same, same location. Brian is 40 years old. Here you look at Ernie Banks over at third base tonight. Spent his days at shortstop. Wait a minute. For, wait a minute. Did he say he was 40? Yes, I, I took a look. He, he was born in uh, 41, it looks like. Uh, late 41, obviously. So, oh, yeah, so he's 40 years old. So he's a, Yeah, 40 is like nothing. Yeah. 40, 40 is like, I'm just playing this until ESPN can cut me a deal. Or, no, or Fox. Probably Fox. It's Fox. We'll talk about that at the year on show. Oh, we can't wait to talk about that. Oh! Oh, God! Hank just redeemed himself! Nice! A double play! And Hank's like, now what? Now what? Mike Aaron! Beautiful catch there. Didn't miss a beat on that one. Now, there it is. And we'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame in August. So right now, he'd only be a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, just got voted in, so the induction... Hasn't yet happened, so. This is Chuck Stevens, pitch hitting for Whitey Ford. Chuck Stevens, who uh, played briefly with the St. Louis Browns. Played for the Browns, and he played 15 years in the Coast League. Strike two. And it looks like he's swinging at everything right now. Well, that's why he has the career statistics of four home runs. Ah, there you go. He won 28 games in 1952. That goes down as a K. A K swinging. Not a backwards K looking. Okay, this game is 40% in the books. And it is... What is it? Is it still tied or no? It's still tied 1-1. One, one. Oh, he just tripped. Some Oops. guy ran into him. Ugh. Roberts was a six-time 20-game winner and won 286 games in his illustrious career. Lou Palmer's with him in the National League dugout now. Robin Roberts, who toiled most of his major league career with the Philadelphia Phillies. Robin, you're still very close to baseball because you're a college coach down in Florida. Yes, University of South Florida. Lou, we enjoyed that. All the Bulls. No Bulls. The USF Bulls. What kind of feeling is it getting together with all of these guys at this Old Timers Classic? I think having it just on its own like it is, it's the best Old Timers thing I've ever been involved. The fans really have appreciated it, Lou, and it's nice for us to get back and see everybody, too. 
Tell me something I've always wondered. In 1952, you were a 28-game winner. Hank Sauer, who's your teammate right here, won the MVP award with the Chicago Cubs. What were your thoughts about 1952? Well, it's, then we didn't expect to win it as a pitcher because the guys playing every day were deemed a little more viable. Now, since the pitcher has assumed a little more responsibility, I'm a little disappointed after all these years that I didn't win it that year, Luke. Just a little bit disappointed? Just a little bit. Like a little bit. Andy Semenik and guys like that. You ever get together? Yes, I see Kurt twice a year. He comes down to visit me, and I go up there in August. Dell's doing very well in Philadelphia, and of course Richie announces with the Phillies, and Lapata works in Philadelphia. They're all doing well. Whiz kids, and this was the ace right-hander of them, Robin Roberts. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Luke. Oh, man. Robin Roberts was a USF coach at this time. They didn't even have a football program back then. Oh, they didn't get a football program until the mid-90s, I don't think. Yeah, 97 was, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. Oh, Bob Feller, Mike. Legend. Yeah, that's right. Wait, what more needs to be said? Okay. Legend, war hero. Alvin Dork. Alvin Dork played 14 years in MLB for the Boston slash Milwaukee Braves, New York Giants, St. Louis Cardinals, Chicago Cubs, and Philadelphia Phillies. Alvin Dork on the 1951 uh, Giants team that beat the Dodgers for the pennant with the famous shot heard round the world by Bobby Thompson led the NL in doubles with 41 according to baseball reference. And he walks. Now walk it out, walk it out, now walk it out, walk it out, now walk it out. Oh, Willie McCovey. And Willie's got this stance like, I'm going to hit one over the fence. This is like a dream matchup right here. Feller against McCovey. It's like, after this, it would only happen again. The uh, Legends of the Diamond for anything else. And even then, I'm not quite sure that Bob Feller made head on that. Oh. <laughs> the rare reference to Legends of the Diamond on NES. I'll tell you this it was no Baseball Simulator 1000. Remember when we used to th think that uh, that dot was supposed to be uh, a decimal instead of a comma? So we just called it Baseball Simulator 1. Well, remember there was Super Baseball Simulator 1000 on the Emmy, uh, Super Nintendo? Oh, yeah. Remember they had, like, those teams that had, like, the Super, like, 
pitches. Remember that? I do. And there would be like that one. Oh, uh, look at that. Oh, foul ball. Oh, Remember there would be like this one mode when you played as the Power League teams. They had the, the super weird stuff. Like one power move, you'd hit the ball, it hit the ground, and then it caused an earthquake. Be like, ooh, ooh, there's an earthquake, ooh. Ah, swing and a miss. Willie's down on strikes. Oh, you know what was another great baseball game on the NES? Baseball stores. One of my favorites is they had a team called the Lovely Ladies. Are you still talking about baseball stars? That's right. They had a team called the Lovely Ladies. All right, Lou Brock getting ready to. Yeah. Oh, oh. Did he hit? Did he hit it out? Did no, he hit it? Nope. No. Al Kaline's going to get that one. Two down. All right, Hank's coming up. We didn't even have a chance to talk about Lou Brock because he would have retired just uh, about two and a half years earlier. That's right. So he's still on some, he still on some fuel left in the tank. He was around until 79. So, yeah, he, he was by no means an old timer compared to Bob Feller, for example. A ground ball to Brooks. Fielder's choice 5-4. That'll end the inning. And we are in the middle of the third. This game is halfway finished. How do you like it so far? Oh, we're going to watch some Brooks Robinson highlights. Oh! 16 straight years with a gold glove. Johnny, Johnny Bench is waving his arms like, What? Yeah. You're watching yep. the Cracker Jack Old Timers Baseball Classic. At the end of two and a half innings, it's the National League One, the American League One. We'll be back at RFK Stadium in Washington in just a minute. Okay. All right. Bottom this, of this game is this game is just about to get good, guys. It's bottom of the third here. Was tied up. And these fans are like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. This is just fantastic. Okay. All right, Lou Brock and left. Andy Pafko in center. Oh, Bill Mazeroski. The hero of the 1960 World Series for the Pirates. 
the legendary home run. And if I'm not mistaken, oh, Lou Burdett, 203 career wins on the mound for the NL. But if I'm not mistaken, Mike, didn't they recently find, like, the 1960 World Series Game 7 TV broadcast? It wasn't recently. I think it was almost no, uh, like yeah. five years but ago. Recently, so. I think. No, but re- yeah, I've, I, I didn't, I didn't, like, relatively recently. In, in the relatively recent past, yeah, I think it was like 2017, 18. Yeah, they found uh, footage of the uh, Game 7 of the 1960 World Series. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they found it in, of all places, Bing Crosby's wine cellar. Because he owned part of the uh, Pirates back then. And I think it was like he didn't... He he went to, like, I think the story was he went to Europe because he thought he was a jinx and didn't want to have, like, it ruined. So he went to Europe, he listened to all the games on the radio, and someone recorded Game 7 on a kinescope for him for him to watch when he got back from Europe. And it just stayed in his wine cellar for years until someone discovered it. It's like, oh, look at that. Is Look that at go- that. That ball is gone! Goodbye! Jim Fergosi goes deep. And the American League takes the 2-1 to one lead. See, Mike, now we know where John Cruck got that home run stroke from when he managed well, the Phillies. I was going to say, wasn't John Cruck's manager... Jim Fergosi, because he Jim was Fergosi, the yeah. Phillies manager back in the late 80s, yeah. Yeah, he would have been the manager in 93, Jim Fergosi, for the, the 93 team, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, the Mitch Williams, yeah. Well, Joe Carter thanks him, yeah. And by the way, these aren't juiced up players. That's all muscle, baby. <laughs> it's all muscle. Whoa! Whoa! You know, if the Hulk ran on the field and did that pose right now, I bet you the entire crowd would go nuts. Somebody would be in the stands saying, CBS, save the Hulk. Oh. Nothing getting past this guy, it looks like. Hey, Bobby Richardson, dead ball. And he's going to park at first for a while. We're here with the man with the big bat in this Cracker Jack old timers game. Goodwood. Well, it was a slider down and away. Goodwood. Cut out in front and hit it. What did it feel like when the fans reacted? Oh, it's exciting. This is a, a really a super ball game. I. For me, it's uh, an extra pleasure to get back and get a chance to see all the guys uh, that you've played against for a number of years and uh, some of the great names in baseball, and they're all here. Good ripping tonight, Jimmy. Thank you. Jim Fregosi just got a home run. Long ball man, Jim Fregosi. Up now for the American League, Larry. Jim Fregosi with the long ball. Yeah. And another note, Jim Fregosi also uh, 
member of the 73 Mets team that went to the World Series. Um, he was traded for some guy named Nolan Ryan. Don't know whatever happened to him. Larry Doby, Blazer. Oh, yeah. First uh, African-American player in the American League. Jumping in to add that this episode was recorded on July 1st. And July 5th was the 75th anniversary of Larry Doby breaking the color barrier in the American League. And also, the second in baseball. And I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, him and Satchel Page, the first African-Americans to win the World Series in 48. In 48, yeah. And the fellow who was the subject of an award-winning picture is out there on the field with him in a slaughter. What happened was that Doby got into it with Art Dittmar. Doby was at bat. Dittmar crushed him, and a few words were exchanged. Dittmar came down, and Doby... Ground ball, comebacker. Oh! Oh, that's a... That's definitely an E6. Oh, should You know, he had the stroke. He just needed to catch the ball. Roy Seavers. Nineteen forty-nine rookie of the year. First in the American League. Also the 1957 American League home run leader and RBI champion, according to True Pegasus Wikipedia. Played for the St. Louis Browns, Washington Senators, Chicago White Sox, and Philadelphia Phillies. Actually technically played for both incarnations of the Washington Senators. Because he played for the second incarnation of the Senators from 64 to 65. Because the original version of the Senators moved to Minnesota to become the Twins in 61. And then they had uh, the expansion Senators that same year in 61 after the Twins moved. The original Senators moved to Minnesota, I mean. Had the, had the distance. He was there with the ball, but did not catch it. Oh, Lou Brock just came up short. Okay, they're gonna score that a base hit. Eddie Robinson set up the bat now. 172 career home runs. Right down the middle, a strike. Oh, that's going to take a bounce. Oh, Ralph, you got to get that ball. It was trapped at the track. What can we say? All right, three to one. Al Rosen. Another former Cleveland baseball legend. Yes. I don't want to say their old team name. 
I, I don't blame you. And truth be told, I have been comfortable saying the Atlanta team name this episode, so. You know, we got to get used to. It's so weird not being able to have that old Cleveland team name anymore, but. Eh. Oh, ground ball. Oh, five. Oh, oh too high. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Susan enjoys baseball. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, her husband is the head of NBC Sports, of course. Well, right. Today I learned that Susan St. James' husband is Dick Ebersol. We've talked about that. Oh, they're going to go to the bullpen. Oh, Don Newcomb, legendary former Brooklyn Dodger. This call to the bullpen is presented by no one because we haven't found out how to make money off of No. Oh. Don Newcomb, 149.90 lifetime record. The ground ball. And that. Oh, no. Only two outs. So Maz with the 4 3. 5 to 1, AL. Earl Betty. And that's a great wind-up Don Newcomb has. Oh, yeah. Oh. He fooled him on that pitch. Oh. 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 Brock snags that. And that'll end the inning. With the non-glove hand. Oh, he caught that. Did he catch that barehanded, Lou Brock? No, he caught it. No, with the he caught it. It just looked like he didn't. But yeah, he didn't pull a David Wright. Okay, after three innings of play, the American League leads the NL five to one. And then we got the replay of the Fergosi home run. Slap on Larry Doby's hand. All right. Five to one. We're going to the top of the fourth.
We're here with Don Larson, the author of the... Ah, uh, Don Larson. October the, 8th, and Don, the only no-hitter to date ever thrown in the World Series in 56. Not just a uh, no-hitter, but a perfect game. That's right. And I first perfect game that was thrown in 34 years. About the end of seventh inning, I got pretty nervous, and nobody would talk to me much in the dugout, you know, superstition, and I don't really believe in that, but uh, it made me feel awful lonesome. And the pressure was more on me, you know, sitting in the dugout, you know, between the innings. But I was okay when I got back on the mound, except for the 26th in a row. And then, uh, you know, I didn't know who Mr. Olson, you know, was going to put up the pinch hit, and then I seen Dale Mitchell there. Before that, I turned around. I probably said a little prayer, you know, to get me through this. And that's probably when I had more time to really think about what the Dickens I was doing out there and why me, you know, why could I be so close and then hope, hopefully I don't mess it up. But I remember Mitchell from the American League, you know, and he was, you know, good. There it is. Lifetime. Highlights from the 56 series. Of course, the crowd really getting into it. And there's the uh, strikeout of Mitchell to complete the perfect game. And also, another fun fact, that was, uh, the, um, that was another lost game that was... Not recent, but it was discovered back in, I believe, 2008. And that actually, the broadcast of the game five of Larson's Perfect Game was actually aired the first day of MLB Network in uh, January of 09. That's a fun fact. Yeah. That's and they, a fun fact. And they actually did re air it, I think, either on MLB Network, either during the, uh, when COVID started when they were airing all the old baseball games when nothing was happening during COVID. Or I, I think they might have aired it also during the uh, lockout, too. Uh, tape tape uh, distortion. They've definitely, shown it. They've definitely shown it in the recent past. Yeah, definitely. They definitely have uh, re-aired Larson's. I wouldn't be surprised game. during COVID because they pulled out all the old This Week in Baseball tapes. Yeah, because we talked about that when that happened, because FS1 was airing uh, some this week in baseball, too. Right. That was fun. And in fact, if you go to Pluto TV, oh, nice catch. Ooh, really good. Yeah, if you go to Pluto TV in their MLB section, they have, like, a bunch of old this week in baseball games on there. And even on uh, Apple TV Plus... On their MLB section, they have uh, some this old This Week in Baseballs, too. There's Ralph Kiner up the bat. And, of course, one of my all-time favorite Ralph Kiner lines of all time on one Farmer's Day. It's Farmer's Day, and for all you fathers out there, happy birthday. <laughs> There's like a YouTube compilation of all the uh, great Ralph Kinerisms, and one of them is um, a clip of um, Ralph Kiner with uh, Gary Gary Cohen, of course. Gary Cohen now, of course, the lead Mets broadcaster on SNY with Keith Fernandez and Ron Doring. But it was so weird because I guess it was probably like a broadcast where like 
I don't know, like Gary Thorne might have been doing that game and he might have had hockey commitments with ESPN or something. And so Gary Cohen's with me, and it's like, Gary Cohen's got a full head of hair. And I'm like, this is so weird seeing Gary Cohen with hair. Because I always see him with the bald head now. Oh, two and one count. So I, I believe it's Maz at the plate. Yeah, that's Bill Mazeroski. Oh, it's deep. Deep oh, it's a, oh, it's, a it's gone! Off deflected, deflected off the glove. It wasn't quite a Jose Canseco, but... Oh, off Bob Allison's glove. Wait, Mike, didn't didn't the Jose Canseco off the head of the hat thing happen at Municipal Stadium? In its final year, 1993, yeah. Carlos Martinez was the person who hit it, yep. Oh, there it is, deflected off the glove. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's the, uh, there's the home run clip from 60 right here. Pull it off the hat. All the days when fans could run on the field and not get arrested. Can't do that anymore. No. That one's stranded in the track again. And Mazeroski wouldn't have been that old at this point. No. He would have been about 45. Yeah. But one thing I should mention about the 1960 World Series, and I think Mickey Bandle, I think, talked about it. Oh, Frank Torrey, the brother of Joe, member of the uh, 57 Milwaukee Braves team that won the uh, series against the Yankees. But, okay. One thing I want to mention about the 60 World Series, and Mickey Mantle mentioned it, it was the only time where after the Yankees lost the World Series, he ever cried after it. Because if if you look at the box scores of all the games, like the three games the Yankees won, they won in absolute blowouts. And the uh, four games the Pirates won were like very close games. And he, always, mm-hmm. and, he, and he felt like that's the only time he felt like they were the better team, and they got beat. But you know what? That happens in baseball. Not to be terribly morbid, but it looks like the only person still living from this game is, is Bill Mazeroski. Oh, Bobby Richardson, former Yankee, the 4-3. Three and a half innings of play. All right, five-two American League. We're going to the bottom of the fourth. Parker, it's up to you. You got a chance to be in the Hall of Fame. Come on, get up to the plate, son. Uh uh. Go, go, ball, go, go. 
Wait, is he caught? Oh. All these kids are chasing for the ball. Everybody looks like the whole town is chasing for the ball. The whole town's chasing for the ball. Oh, Bobby Thompson. You've talked about the shot many, many times in 1951. I wonder if you'll do it for us one more time. What's going through your head now as Ralph Bank is ready to serve that pitch up to you? Well, all I'm trying to do is sit back and make sure I wait for the ball to get up to the plate and get a good pitch. And, of course, I didn't do that. I took the first one right through the middle. And, of course, the second one came in a little high and inside. And I'll decide I better swing, and which I did. The ball disappeared. The next question is, as you're circling the bases, what are your thoughts? Well, I was a little bit excited. So, uh, the most excited I guess I'd ever been. I guess I was probably the most surprised guy in the ballpark, you know, that uh, experienced the thing that happened. And, and uh, I guess I just I got out of breath, I'll tell you that much. And I was huffing and puffing and jumping up and down. I, I couldn't control myself. It was a feeling I'd never experienced before. And yet baseball is such a funny business that just a couple of years later you were traded from the Giants. What were your thoughts then? Well, that's the name of the game. I guess I'm a realist, and um, they had a young man named Willie Mays oh. coming back from the Army under the team, and actually they needed a good pitcher, and they sure got a good one, Johnny Antonelli. And, um, and as far as I'm concerned, Johnny was instrumental in winning the pennant for him. So I, I helped the Giants that year, too, you might say. What's the Flying Scott doing nowadays? Bobby, how do you keep yourself busy? Well, I work for a very fine paper company out of New York City, and I've been doing that for the last 20 years. What's your thoughts about getting together like this in Washington? This is fantastic. and uh, That's something you'll never hear nowadays. <laughs> what do you do now? A paper yeah. company. Well, well, not just a paper company. Just what do you do now besides living off the millions? I mean, that shows truly how much of a different era it was back then. It truly was. Oh, by the way, I got this at a court show last year at uh, Hofstra University. It's a, uh, a Bobby Thompson certified autograph card from Upper Deck. Nice. It's from, uh, oh, this must have been a very early because this is a uh, 96, 94, I think. This must have been. This must have been like to promote the um, the Ken Burns baseball documentary because it has the um, the Ken Burns uh, baseball logo on the back. I've never heard of that series before, but that's kind of cool because you know, unfortunately, as I sort of mentioned a few moments ago, not a lot of people from this game are still living. Yeah, I know. Bill Mazeroski, Willie Mays, if he would have played, he's still around, but yep. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, they mentioned Ralph Branca. We should mention Ralph Branca was a contestant on Concentration. He wasn't just a contestant on Concentration. He was an undefeated champion on Concentration. Yes. The original Concentration, a few downs, yeah. He was a legend, yes. So he's not just known as the to us. He's not just the guy who gave up the home run to Bobby Thompson. No, he could solve Rebus's like nobody's business. 
Which reminds me, I really need to start watching the Norris concentration again on... I haven't watched any of the Norris concentration episodes in a while, but... Well, you're coming up to a good time because they're starting to rerun the 77-78 season very soon with the double play game. Okay, good. And I think it's starting either... I think it may have started uh, this week. I haven't seen this week's episodes, but I know uh, within the next week or so, they're going to resume where they left off. Okay, that's good. Oh, Johnny Vandermeer. Yep. As I mentioned, the only person ever to throw back-to-back no-hitters. But here's the impressive part. The second no-hitter he threw was at the very first night game in the history of Ebbets Field. two nip no hitters in 1938 so that was 44 years ago at this point yeah you got to figure that vandermeer is probably close to about 70 at this point yeah and like i said so long ago that was his second no hitter was the first night game in the history of ebbets field oh and he just and actually, he would have been six I'm yeah, sorry. would have been what, 60? 68. Okay. He fooled Jim Fergosi on that last pitch. He gets him to uh, foul that off. Okay, here's the replay right here. Oh, yeah, it would have been just coming off Jim Fergosi being the manager of the California Angels. And if I can locate the 1982 College World Series real quick. That tournament, the 1982 College World Series, won by the uh, Miami Hurricanes over Wichita State. Not a lot of big players, big name players, were in that World Series that year, that College World Series. Well, one name I recognized was Spike Owen, who was on the... uh, University of Texas, who was on the all-tournament team. He played for the Mariners, and he was on the uh, 86 Red Sox. And I think he played for the Expos at one point, yeah. Yeah. Um, he would have been up. The biggest name is Roger Clemens. That's the biggest name. On Texas, other yeah. other than that. Oh, wait. Other than Cal- that. Calvin oh, Chiraldi. Calvin Chiraldi. Yeah, Calvin Chiraldi. I was going to mention him. And uh, Mike Brumley. 
Charlie O'Brien, who was a, a decent catcher for the uh, Rangers back in the day. Russ Mormon was with the Mariners. Not a lot of big names outside of, again, uh, Roger Clemens. Michael Dreddy, I should add. Already? Steve Buschel. All place with Bob Friends. I guess they're just going through the whole bullpen now, aren't they? They just want everyone to get an appearance. Sixty-seven, not sixty-eight. I'm sorry. Okay, I was checking to make sure if the '82 College World Series was the uh, one with the famous Ron Darling, uh, Frank Viola pitching duel that we've talked about. It's not. That was uh, 81 the previous year. And Larry Doby, we've mentioned actually back in April, believe it or not. We did? Well, we mentioned we mentioned his kids because his kid, uh, one of his sons, caught the opening pitch from Tom Hanks. Oh, that's right. He did. With Wilson. Wilson! With, with Wilson, yes. With Wilson. Oh, and I just found the box score from the Ron Darling Frank Viola game. I'm putting in the chat right now. All right. You know how old this is? It was completely typed on a typewriter. That's old. Yeah. Six to two American League right now. Still top of four. Uh, bottom four. Sorry. Old timers all star classic. Eddie Robinson at the plate facing Bob Friend with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. The American League leading six to two. Two men on. Foul ball. Here comes the O2. 
lost his job as GM down in Texas. Outside. Two and two. If I recall, he's from Paris. Texas. Sorry, it's, I was the one two. Now this is the two and two. And full count. And the bases are Lefty Gomez, number 11, coaching at first. And oh. quick toss, and we are headed into the final inning of the game. Okay, so unless the National League can have a comeback here, uh, safe to say this is the last half inning of the game. Well, we're going to take a look right now. Stomp on that dirt. Well, I believe this is Richie Ashburn at the plate. Yes, it is. Former uh, legendary Philadelphia Philly and was actually the first batter in the history of the New York Mets in 1962. And Richie Ashburn takes a walk here. Well, Hank Aaron's just taking this all in. Yep. On an infield single. In 1970, and he played 
Six more years. Six That's more crazy. years. Yep. That's insane. And there it is, the moment in April of 74. Home run number 715, eclipsing Babe Ruth for the mark. And by the way, the guy who climbed the fence in left field, Bill Buckner. Yep. True story. Bill Buckner was in left field in the, uh, the Hank Aaron 715 game. Yeah. Wouldn't be converted into an infielder until later. Uh-huh. Six to four to three. No, no. He dropped it. Oops. Oops. I think you just called a simple fielder's choice 6-4. Oops. Oh, that would have been a great way to end the game, but nope. I think that's a ball. Two outs here in the fifth inning. Seven to two, the American League leads it. So it takes the old time American League leaders to. Uh, oh, fouled it right off the foot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's two strikes. Come on. Let's stand. Let's, let's clap here. Come on. While you do that, I'm going to make a little correction since Dick Groat's now in the game. Yeah. He's still alive, too, so we've got at least two people who are still alive. Okay, two people. Game. All right, so let's clap. Let's, we want this game. All right. Come on. Let's make some noise, fans. It's two strikes. This one's going to send Dick back to the dugout. Swing and a miss. That's and it. That's the ball game. Final score. It's seven to two, the final score. AL over the NL. Oh, they're going to play the bottom of the fifth. They're going to play it on. Oh, that's good. There's got to be people on the bench who need to come in. Oh, yeah, play. they need to come into play. So they're going to they're gonna give uh, them a, a chance to play here. So that's this nice. Is call, this is what we call at the Dean Smith Center, time for blue steel. Let's see if the American League can um, pad the stats here. This is also what we call free baseball. That's right. Hoyt Wilhelm pitching for the National League. Had six seasons with an ERA less than two. Yes. The knuckleball is one of the most interesting pitches. It's, it's one of the most confusing pitches in the game. 
And it's really a lost start nowadays. There haven't been many knuckleballers the last, say, 20 years or so. Yeah, R.A. Dickey's probably like the only one. That's notable, at least. Because, you know, he won a Cy Young with the Mets in 2012. I honestly can't think of many others. I mean, obviously, into the Negroes of the world and uh, uh, Tom Candiotti, but that's going back. Well, hold on. We, we did mention a knuckleballer on this show in the past. We mentioned Charlie Huff. Because we talked, because remember when, we, <laughs> I forgot, remember when Mr. Bogus plays for the Florida Marlins? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, because Charlie Huff was on that inaugural team back in 93. That's right. He was like 47 or 48. He was 47. That was, when I was a kid, I thought, that's awesome. This guy's like my dad's age, and he's playing baseball. Because my dad, my dad would probably, Charlie Huff's like, like two years older than my dad, so. But yeah, the, the knuckleballer is quite rare to say the least nowadays. Last big one besides Ari Dickey may have been like Tim Wakefield. And even that's probably close to 20 years old now. Oh, hold on a second. You mentioned on ground ball here. Okay, two, two outs. One of my favorite moments of it with Tim Wakefield was like a... Um, Tim Wakefield, I think, was at like a WWF Raw or SmackDown in like 01. And like Kurt Angle's cutting a promo and he looks into the crowd and he spots Tim Wakefield and during the middle of his promo says, Tim Wakefield, you're still active? No, that's not fair. Tim Wakefield would have only that's, been around about 10 years at that point. Uh, but that's also a joke because Kurt Angle's from Pittsburgh, and he used to play for the Pirates. Right, right, right. So that's like a di- that's like a, a very inside dig. I was like, ah, I got it. I got the joke. Uh-oh, there's people on the field. Uh, They're gonna get arrested. Uh oh. Susan had to make one more appearance before the end of this episode. Oh, that was a strike. Come on. Oh, by the way, since Sam just mentioned Hoyt Wilhelm, though, at the Yankees, we are recording this episode just as the Houston Astros no-hit the Yankees. And uh, I believe that was only the second time since 58 the Yankees have been no-hit. And coincidentally, both have been against the Astros. You're exactly right. Because yep. remember that insane combined no-hitter in 03 with, like, Roy Oswald, Octavio Dotel, Billy Wagner, and a bunch of other guys? Yeah, that happened, actually, when uh, I was in Washington, D.C. for the uh, hardball finals. That's right. And, and that, yeah, that was a six-pitcher no-hitter. But according to a certain pitcher on the L.A. Angels, that's not a real no-hitter. My ass, Noah. Okay, then. 
It's a new game. We're, we're never going to see many uh, complete game no-hitters. No. It's all going to be combined. It's all going to be the platoon no-hitter. That's going to be the new thing. Bobby Richardson seeing guys single to left. Twenty-nine thousand one ninety-six. The unofficial attendance. And actually, with Bobby Richardson, that makes three people who are still with us. Okay. Good to know Bobby's still with us. Former World Series MVP for the Yankees. Maz is just gonna just slow moving, just like. He he gave up about two thirds of the way down the first base. Larry was like, "F this." <laughs> Larry was in full. That may have been where Jimmy Graham got the inspiration to say, you know what? Screw this sliming. I'm going in the tunnel. Uh, what a game that was. Of course, that of course that early hard shot. By, oh, yeah. Uh, Luke Appling. Yeah, Luke that, was, that was a great moment. Uh, it was. And this crowd at RFK Stadium, they're showing their appreciation to these legends. Like, oh, we saw something amazing here tonight. I mean, how many Hall of Famers were on the field in this game? Oh, I would, God. I would, I would guess at least probably two dozen. Oh, probably. At least. Oh, at least. At least. This might be one of the best gatherings of baseball players, not in a Hall of Fame situation, in an actual playing situation. Oh, yeah. And they showed that they could still get it done. That's right. Yeah. All right. So the final totals, the American League, seven runs, 10 hits, no errors. The National League, two runs, six hits, and no errors. Well, no error. I mean, that's got to be impressive. No errors in this ballgame. I think they were being a little lenient because yeah. it looked like there were a few errors. Yeah, but I think the score the scoring was a little loose. They decided, you know what? We'll cut him some slack here. We'll cut him some slack. But you know what? That was it was a legendary game. This game would be played until nineteen ninety. And I think you can find the nineteen eighty four version of the Cracker Jack old timers classic on YouTube. But I don't think you're ever going to top that first game with the Luke Appling home run. Nope. Nope. Where will you ever see a 75-year-old hit a home run? No. Never. 75. And I don't even think Luke Appling was really a power hitter. No. That's what was more impressive about that. Uh, But I'll tell you what. In 1982, these players gave us a very memorable thing on TV. But hold on a second, guys. Do you like to own something from the first annual Cracker Jack Old Timers Game Classic? No, I like to stare at my walls as they lay bare with only paint holding it up. Of course I do. All right, let's play eBay Prices Right, everybody. Hit the music. 
Okay. You are bidding on the program from the 1982 first annual Cracker Jack Old Timers Baseball Classic. And I will read the description from this. It is 1982 first annual Old Timers Cracker Jack Old Timers game MLB Hall of Famers. That's it. Doesn't say anything about if this is a scored program, an unscored program. Eh, whatever. Or the condition. Eh. So, okay. You're going to be bidding on this. So, Chico, you go first. $25. Mike. $26. It's got to be more. I'll be a bastard, but that thing... I wouldn't be surprised if it was like closer to about a hundred dollars. Oh, we got a perfect bid. Well, it's not twenty six bucks. Give it to Chico. Yeah, it's twenty five. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I got. It's like, what do I win? Sweet nothing. Credibility. I know. You win forty year old Cracker Jack boxes. Do they solve the prize in them? Oh, they better because the Cracker Jack prizes today, they're all crap. They're horrible nowadays. Oh, they're horrible. Remember when you get those mini tops baseball cards in the. Uh, oh, God. Those or awesome. I, I collected those all. Were worth digging into the box to get. I collected the mini Don Russ 92 cards in the boxes of Cracker Jack. I bought so many boxes of Cracker Jack in 1992 just to collect that mini Don Russ 92 set. Today's kids. They don't know. They won't know how amazing it would be. They won't, no. No, nowadays it's temporary tattoos or some sort of digital prize. You're absolutely right. A crappy digital prize. It might as well be an NFT. Not real. Mm. F*** that. I know. I'm just imagining an NFT in a box of Cracker Jacks. And the kids are like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Sell it to Seth Green. I don't know. He needs something after that NFT show oh, he had God. got canceled. He does. He absolutely does. Wait a second. NFT show? He was going to do it. Well, we'll talk about this in the year-end show. But yeah, he oh, was. Oh, we're definitely talking about it in the year-end show after this. Yeah. He was. He had an NFT. That he was going to make a show around his NFT. And someone stole his NFT. And illegally couldn't <laughs> make the show anymore because someone stole his NFT. Yeah. <laughs> if you want more proof of how stupid NFTs are, that is it. That might be the greatest NFT story ever. I love it. <laughs> well, we don't have NFT stories, but we've got plenty of stories over at our website. It was a thing on TV.com. In fact, we have damn near 300 of them. And if you count the minisodes, the live watches, the remasters, we have well over 300 of them. Of course, we also have links to all of our socials, and it was a thing on TV. Except for Facebook, because Mark Zuckerberg is not an old timer. That is, it was a thing on TV podcast. But of course, if you go to Linktree, you can link all of our social accounts. That's linktr.ee slash it was a thing on TV. And of course, if you are on YouTube, don't forget to like, 
subscribe, hit the notification bell. in order to stay up to date on future entries. And as always, our all of our podcasts are available on it was a thing on TV.com and where fine podcasts can be streamed. Remember, five stars only because positive vibes only. Next week on the big show, what do we oh yeah, our look at our salute to the all-star game continues with uh, another two shows that are tangentially related to the All-Star Game, at least. The first one was the 1990 All-Star Game. Yeah, and remember, we deliberately skipped it when we were covering the CBS Sports 90 episode earlier in the year. There was a reason why we didn't talk about it that much. Because we were saving it for this show. There's just so much going on with it. Oh, yeah. But also... We'll be talking about something that happened during the MLB All-Star Game in 1990. And that's all happening next week right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! Well, hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Kiner, along with David Cohen and later on Bob Murphy. <laughs> Tim McCarver is doing another ball game today, and it's the Mets against the Cubs, and David, it looks like the Mets are with their back to the wall. Well, it has certainly not been a good stretch for New York Mets. Went home, one four in a row, then lost four to five, and now they've got to win this thing on the road. And that, folks, is why Gary Cohen is a professional. A professional? He is a professional. Tanner's Corner must have had a lot of liquor stocked up. <laughs> <laughs>